Welcome everyone. I'm Sue Barber, author, former IT director for a Fortune 500 company, turn executive coach, and this is the Visibility Factor podcast, where we explore how to raise your visibility and play bigger at work and in life. We'll explore key topics and welcome guests that help you shift your thinking about yourself so you can see new possibilities for your leadership. I'm on a mission to create a visibility movement for leaders to show their value and be seen for their true talent. Are you ready to take the next step towards a higher level of visibility for yourself? Let's go. The Visibility Factor podcast is brought to you in part by the 90-Day Visibility Breakthrough Accelerator Program. Do you believe deep down inside that you can have a bigger career, but you don't know how to get there? You can keep doing what you're doing, but what if there is a better way that could accelerate your progress? This 90-day program is a powerful experience that is unique to you and provides dedicated time to focus on your specific challenge. It gives you the time to develop big ideas and plans to execute them, including the tools, resources, and motivation needed for success. Hundreds of clients have used this same program to take them to the next level in their career and to create a better life. Join me in a 90-day experience that focuses on challenges like creating a strategic plan, how to lead an organizational change, or prepare for a career transition. This dedicated time will help you see new possibilities, recognize your strengths, and take away key insights that can be leveraged immediately. Are you ready to create a breakthrough for yourself? If you're interested in learning more, visit susanmbarber.com forward slash visibility breakthrough accelerator for more information and to sign up for the program. I look forward to seeing you there. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Visibility Factor podcast. This is Sue Barber, your host. Today, we are talking about resilience. We're going to talk about how to leverage your resilience in difficult times. And we've all faced some of these adverse situations that we need to deal with. And I want to talk today about how to manage through those. Now, we're all born with some resilience, but depending on what we've been through, some people are able to move through the changes faster than others. And the changes that they've been through have helped them learn how to tap into their resilience. But let's start off with a definition of what that means. So there's an evolving definition when it comes to resilience. According to the American Psychological Association, resilience is defined as the process of adapting well in the face of trauma or tragedy, threats, or other significant sources of stress. So in short, people who are resilient know how to bounce back. So there's an article uh, by Lolly Daskal who talked about what the most resilient people have in common. And she talked about how people can learn and something that any of us can do, but we just need to learn how. So tough-minded, resilient people will not allow life circumstances to push them down and hold them under. So I was looking for a story that might talk about resilience in order to best demonstrate what this means for people and why it's a little bit different than maybe people think. So I found a story about the psychologist who first started studying the topic. His name is Norman Garmizi, and he's a developmental psychologist and clinician at the University of Minnesota. And in his research, he was looking at thousands of children through decades of research, and one boy stuck out for him. He was nine years old. He had an alcoholic mother and an absent father. Each day, he would arrive at school with the exact same sandwich, two slices of bread with nothing in between, and at home, there was no other food available and no one to make any. Now, even so, Garmizi would later recall that the boy wanted to make sure that no one would feel pity for him and no one would know the ineptitude of his mother. Each day without fail, he would walk in with a smile on his face and a bread sandwich tucked in his bag. The boy with the bread sandwich was part of a special group of children that Garmizi was studying. 
He belonged to a cohort of kids, the first of many, whom Garmesia would go on to identify as succeeding, even excelling, despite incredibly difficult circumstances. These were the children who exhibited a trait Garmesia would later identify as resilience. Now, he's widely credited as being the first one to really study this concept in an experimental setting. Over many years, he would go to visit many schools across the country, focusing on those in economically depressed areas and follow a standard protocol. He would set up meetings with the principal, along with a school social worker or nurse, and pose the same question. Were there any children whose backgrounds had initially raised red flags, kids who seemed like they were going to become problem kids, who had instead become surprisingly a source of pride? What I was saying was, can you identify stressed children who are making it here in your school? in a 1999 interview that he did. There would be a long pause after my inquiry before the answer came. If I had said, do you have kids in this school who seem troubled? There wouldn't have been a moment's delay. But to be asked about children who were adaptive and good citizens in the school and making it, even though they had come out of very disturbed backgrounds, that was a new sort of inquiry. That is the way we started this research and that's when we started to study resilience. So in a sense, if you think about it, Resilience can be seen as a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you frame adversity as a challenge and you become more flexible and able to deal with it, move on, learn from it, and grow. If you focus on it and frame it as a threat instead and potentially traumatic event becomes an enduring problem, you become more inflexible and more likely to be negatively affected. Now, resilience may change over time depending on your interactions and the environment around you. So when you are faced with adversity of some kind, How you handle it shows how resilient you are. It may be, in fact, how you look at that adversity. Is it in your mind a traumatic situation or an opportunity? Your resiliency comes down to how you think about situations and your perception of it. So how would you rate yourself on your resilience? The good thing is that if you don't rate yourself very highly, just know that resilience can be learned. I found a great quote uh, by someone anonymous, uh, they didn't leave their name, who said, don't regret anything you do because in the end, it makes you who you are. And I think that's very true. There's been a lot of situations that I went through at Craft that definitely helped me become a better leader, uh, even though they were tough situations. And now it's helped me become a coach that allows me to share some experiences with people who are just going through it for the first time and helps them understand that it's possible to get to the other side of those situations. Every situation that we go through teaches us what we need to prepare for the next experience we will have we will become stronger and more resilient. When things happen, we have a choice. How can we avoid self-blame and regret so we can leverage the experience for learning and growing instead? Have you had a situation where things didn't go as planned? How did you handle it? Did you blame others? Did you blame yourself? What did you do? What lessons did you learn from it? So I also wanted to talk to you about the types of resilience and what they are, what they mean, how they work, and think about these for yourself and where you might fit into one of these three different types. The first one is natural resilience. That's the resilience that you were born with, and that resilience comes naturally. This is your human nature and your life force. Those with natural resilience are enthusiastic about life's experiences, and they are happy to play and learn and explore. Natural resilience allows you to go forth and do your best, even if you get knocked down and taken off track. Now, when I read about this description, it made me think about my kids when they're young, right? Learning to ride their bikes or playing out in the yard. They would try things, and if things didn't work or they fell down, they would do something else to make it work. They were starting to build resilience in themselves. The second one is called adaptive. 
This one might be thought of as trial by fire. This occurs when challenging circumstances force you to learn and change and adapt. Learning how to roll with life's punches can help you build resilience and grow stronger as a result. Now, to me, this one is what a lot of people face in terms of like job loss or having to pivot your career, maybe let go of a career dream that you have, or you've gone through some kind of major trauma or faced loss of someone in your family or a friend. Some situations are thrust upon you and you need to figure out what to do. Now, there's always going to be the initial shock that the situation occurred, but then it's a matter of what is the next step to take. The path you wanted to take is no longer available, and there is only the option to discover a new path. This can be challenging if it's your first time going through something major like this, but even taking a small step or asking for help from someone can move you forward. The last type is called restored, and this one's also known as learned resilience. So you can learn techniques that help you build resilience, and as a result, restore that natural resilience you had as a child. Doing so can help you deal with past, present, and future traumas in a much healthier fashion. So one of the approaches that they talked about, I wanted to share with you and then talk about some examples so that you can think about for yourself maybe how to apply this. And it's a really simple four-factor approach. The four steps are state the facts, place blame where it belongs, reframe, and then give yourself time. So I took an example of my own just to walk you through what this looks like. So the facts. When my company CEO announced that Kraft was going to merge with Heinz in the next year, it was shocking to me and everyone else. We had always been the acquirer of companies and now we were no longer in that position. We didn't have the same level of decision-making as we had in the past. The culture was going to change and there were going to be people in Kraft and in Heinz who were definitely going to lose their jobs. The uncertainty of it all was huge. The second one is placing blame. We could blame the current CEO and the board for this decision, but at that point we found out it had all been decided. We could blame senior leaders, but it wouldn't change anything. Everything would be different whether we stayed with the company or not, and blaming them isn't going to make any difference. Reframing. This step is where I see the change process that people go through coming into play. Once you begin to change, you see what the process is going to look like, you look at what your options are, and in my situation, I had no choice but to accept the change because it was happening. Could this be positive for me? Does it give me new options or opportunities? Can there be something that I can learn from it? Do I leave and pursue something else instead? And the last step is giving yourself time. Changes like these are going to take a lot out of you. I've worked with a lot of people going through these types of transitions and the stress and trauma of it can be a lot to process. So finding ways to take care of yourself becomes even more important. This is especially true when it's a period of prolonged change. Um, our change took at least a year and there was a lot of moving parts all the time and things were changing and decisions were getting moved all the time. And it just makes it very difficult to manage the day to day. So going through this transition wasn't quick in my situation. And by this point, many of us had been through multiple acquisitions and organizational changes. So I would have thought we were fairly resistant, but we knew that this was one that was very different than the rest. The uncertainty of all this change was challenging because everyone felt the same and there wasn't anyone in the company who wouldn't be impacted in some way. As you know, I chose to leave the company. However, even after I left, it took me a long time to feel like things had settled down for me because my choice brought me new opportunities like starting my business, which was a big change for me because I hadn't done it before. 
So you can see just walking through an example like that, where there are things to consider, things to think about in those four steps that might give you some insights in how to look at a situation differently. The more resilient you are, the quicker you can go through a change. Little situations happen every day and you have the opportunity to manage them. For example, you may be running late for a flight or a doctor's appointment. We have all experienced those moments due to traffic or an accident. You can be upset about it, but it won't change the situation. There is nothing you can do but accept it. So how we reframe it, though, is important. What can you do in a situation like that? Your stress level is probably high in that moment, but the options you have are to reschedule your appointment, change your flight, or cancel your trip. How much experience have you had with tough situations and building your resilience? Because that will determine how quickly you're going to be able to navigate through those four steps that I mentioned earlier. Now, you might be asking yourself, why are we talking about resilience? Why is this important when we talk about visibility and leadership? Well, to become more visible requires you to get uncomfortable. Depending on your situation, you may need to let go of old beliefs or assumptions about yourself, shift who you are now to become someone who is bigger and wants to make a bigger impact. You might potentially let go of a career dream, let go of your expectations on how you thought things would turn out for you, or you may need to let go of someone else's beliefs that they have placed upon you. In the book, I walked through a client's experience of creating her own visibility action plan for herself. Her name was Nicole. And in the four-step rise process in the book, we walked through how to create a plan And one of the things that she was concerned about was how this change was going to work. You know, how could she stay motivated? Some of those things that most people think about when they're starting out something new. So I talked about resilience with her and going through these types of changes, you need to have some resilience because change can be challenging. I thought I would share this excerpt with you, especially if you're dealing with any kind of situation that I've mentioned here in the podcast today because I want you to know that it may take some time for you to work through it, but you can absolutely make it happen. I encouraged Nicole to stay motivated and in a positive place. I wanted her to be resilient enough to deal with setbacks. I give you the same advice. Your thoughts and beliefs can still sabotage your progress. This isn't to bring you down in any way, but to remind you to keep your eyes wide open and aware that pitfalls can happen. It is easy to run into challenges and fall back into old patterns when you try something new. Self-doubt can creep in and impact your progress. I know that I've said this to you before, but stay on the path. You're about to turn a corner and step into a more visible version of yourself. You can do this. So I hope that reassures you that we all go through these changes. We've all been situations where things have happened to us that we weren't expecting and we needed to find a way to deal with it. Every time we went through the next change, though, we were more prepared. So this is a muscle that you can build and get stronger And hopefully some ideas that we've shared today in the podcast will help you do that. So now we're going to move on to the visibility action plan. So I want you to identify a situation that you have today that you feel you need to tap into your resilience. Something has changed that you dislike. You got some disappointing news. You receive feedback that you need to do things differently at work. Someone pointed out a mistake that you made or you were criticized for something that you thought you did well. These are all opportunities to tap into your resilience because how you respond is important to those situations. So if you use the four-step process that I just shared with you of stating the facts, placing blame where it belongs, reframing, and giving yourself time, how would you fill out those four different steps for yourself? Because if 
you can look at things differently. It will help you move forward much faster and build your resilience for future situations as they come up. Thanks so much for joining today on the Visibility Factor podcast, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks so much for listening to the Visibility Factor podcast. Remember that visibility starts with small steps that are intentional and consistent each day. Be bold, be visible, be the leader you were meant to be. Find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all of our social media platforms, which are highlighted in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Visibility Factor podcast.